0: welcome back to building your wealth muscle we're doing a six-part series on basically what is personal financial planning so last week was a recap of what everything from the first five steps are this week we're going to dive into the first step goal setting so explaining what exactly is a traditional goal like a smart goal some durations for goals And then two different ways that you can look at a goal that I don't believe is all often talked about and that's outside of the the quantitative side. So I hope this is going to be valuable to you, enjoy the show. Welcome to Building Your Wealth Muscle, a podcast about building and protecting wealth for online health and fitness coaches. Each episode we're going to break down different topics in the areas of business, finance and tax and how they pertain to your coaching business. Disclaimer, the topics covered in this podcast are for educational purposes only. This is not advice for your specific situation. Please consult a qualified financial or tax professional before making changes to your financial or tax situation. Now, here's your host, Certified Financial Planner, Pat Darby. Welcome back to Building Your Wealth Muscle. Starting off, uh, this mini-series on what is financial planning. So to give you a quick recap of last week, it's basically broken down into five categories. Goals, analyzing your current situation, risk planning, allocating the money, and then optimizing, which is basically the process of going back through everything. But now I'll break down each of the five. So today we're just going to focus on the goals side. And the different ways to look at goals, and I don't know if... All financial planners look at it differently, but I look at goals in a different way than I think maybe traditionally people refer to it, and I think that's becoming more popular in the financial planning industry for people that are doing a real deep dive. And you'll see what I'm, I mean in a minute. The traditional way of goal planning, which is is still applicable, but it's not the first step. So everyone knows, or m- most people probably know, that you need like a smart goal, like specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and time bound. So once we boil down to what the goal is, I agree with that strategy and we implement that strategy. However, arriving at the goal I feel needs to uh, get broken down into different into different ways to help people find what that real goal is. And I'll give examples of that because that probably sounds confusing. And I also probably didn't explain it as well as I could have, but I'll give you an example like as we as we peel back the onion here on goals. So again, we know how to make a goal, like a smart goal. That's that's not specific to the financial industry. Obviously, for most people listening, when it comes to fitness, nutrition, weight loss, you need a target. And what I'm sort of going to get to is like, not just what your goal is, but why. And we have the same issue in financial planning. We have to get to the, the purpose of why we're doing something for better client satisfaction, for lack of a better term. So Outside of that, like with goals, we have the duration of the goal. And I've talked about this before. Like We have short goals, long-term goals, and medium-term goals. And as a financial planner, I find that the medium-term goals can be the most difficult for people as well as the most overlooked. And I talked about this on social media before, but I'll I'll briefly get into this before we dive into the bigger picture of goal setting in general, short-term goals that can... You know, be something like saving for a vacation, saving for a big gift for a friend or family member, maybe a down payment on a home or real estate, or maybe a, you're looking to start up or buy a new business, you need a down payment or hundred percent of the, the cash. So those goals, that short term goals in terms of the investment side, that can be fairly simple because you know where to put it. Typically the bank or something similar, you know, it's not, it's not tripping people up with like what retirement account do I use? So that that type of goal setting. Admittedly, a lot of times you don't even need a financial person if you know where to put it now. How that all boils together with everything and how it all interconnects, obviously that's that's an advantage of hiring somebody who's looking at the big picture. But the shorter term goals tend to be a little bit easier for someone to to do on their own. Same thing with long term, because of, you know, if you don't need the money for 30, 40 years or I should say, if the money is earmarked for 20, 30, 40 years from now, um, it opens up the spectrum of investments. You know, a lot of times retirement vehicles get entered into the equation, but so it's a little bit easier for someone to make a recommendation on what you should do based on your goals. If you tell them that it's a longer term goal. Medium term, I think it gets a little bit complicated for people because if you want a tax advantage way to do things, let's say hypothetically you're talking about the stock market and you want a tax advantage way to make those investments and move your money around, typically you're looking at retirement vehicles. For someone who's younger, that could be something that is a concern to you. And I did a podcast on on self-directing that's going to tie into this specific portion. But when you're medium term, it sometimes gives you pause of whether or not you want to use a retirement vehicle for that. Because of the lockups, like you, you do pay penalties to withdraw your money early, and obviously there's a lot of restrictions. And things like that. I'm not going to get into all that, but as a general rule, you're going to face a 10% penalty to pull that money out if you're under 59 and a half. So let's call it 60. So for simplicity in this podcast, I'm going to say 60, but um, 59 and a half is the, the exact number. But so that's that's going to leave a, a challenge for a lot of especially younger people because like well what if i want to buy real estate what if i want to invest in a business and that's a, a separate conversation but medium term i feel like gives people the most challenges because in a 5 year time frame a 10 year time frame a lot of investments that make sense for the long term need to really be examined because in that medium term the the performance is completely Uh, unpredictable. I'm not that it's guaranteed on the longer term side, but with time on your side, most, most things, you know, you have a little more confidence in. So those, those are the duration of goals, but here's where I feel in the financial services industry, this gets overlooked and it's the different way to break down a goal. The, the quantitative side is simple. Almost any financial person you go to, unless they're just purely a salesman, even them, they, they know they have their calculators and things that their their company gave them. The, quanti- the quantitative side of goals, admittedly, in our industry is probably pretty easy. Like, you know, that's getting into the math of what do you want to do? Let's help you get you there. And I'll dive into that because essentially it's, you know, on the quantitative side, it's the time value of money. And again, that's a spreadsheet, a calculator most software programs getting into the quantitative side is what a lot of financial people do and i i want to add that there's a, a layer to that that's more important first and let me and that's the qualitative side and that's the questions i really want to focus on today because those are the questions you should be asking yourself and or having these questions with your significant other as you make financial decisions because in my opinion the qualitative side becomes arguably more important and and I'll give once I start giving these questions to you to think about you'll see why now for those that know me I am not a big fan of of being overly emotional at all and so but when it comes to my job as a professional with goal setting we do have to go down this road for clients and I try to brace and say, "Look, this is potentially uncomfortable line of questioning that's about to begin. But someone has to ask these questions and you don't necessarily have to answer right away, but you need to think about it because we want to connect to the ultimate big goal. Cause that's the, I try to talk about this a lot, but when it comes to the financial planning, both inside your business and your personal finances, Again, I think they should be integrated because your business and your personal are so closely integrated anyway that it's really helpful to have this question be answered because that's going to drive all the decisions that when you hit a fork in the road, when you're strategically planning into business and strategically planning with your personal investments, the ultimate big goal is going to be the tiebreaker on so many decisions. So I'll give you a few examples and we can circle back to that. So here's some things that you can ask yourself that, you know, make a big difference between a spreadsheet, what a spreadsheet tells you to do versus your personal feelings towards what money is supposed to be doing for you and your family. So one question, ask yourself, how would you describe your current relationship with or attitude towards money? Has that changed over time? Have you had any bad experiences around money? You know, like this is the equivalent of like the money mindset, the same way that I know a lot of you in the fitness industry, if you're not already, the industry seems to be moving more towards the, the mindset of health and fitness, like why people potentially overeat or undereat or body imaging and things like that, because you want them, your clients to get the long-term results. So we're doing the same thing. We want to figure out how people think about money. Like what, what emotional strings does it pull so that, you know, if there's potentially bad behaviors in there, we want to discover that through this goal setting. Another question. So these are all in the same theme of like the emotional side. What do you worry about most when it comes to money? And that's going to obviously be different for everybody. And again, that also gets into the money mindset for people that have a truly abundant mindset versus like you've... Again, if you talk to people that were older who were raised by parents who went through the Great Depression, uh, it's very common for them to not have an abundance mindset. It's save every penny. That might be different for you and your family and how you're raising, maybe how you're raising your kids. If you could change one thing about how you deal with money, what would that be? And if you could change anything about your financial circumstances, what would that be? And the, the final one what values and beliefs do you have about money that are important for in this instance like financial advisor for me to understand about you and obviously you could ask yourself that question if you're DIYing this but that's something that i like to talk to clients about because i want to know what their insecurities are with money so you're going to get you know for a lot of people these these answers are going to be like what does money mean to you what do you worry about with money You know, you're going to find out, let me, let me try to phrase this the right way. We want to know what the money's really supposed to do for you. Like, let's pretend we're talking about retirement. For instance, it's not uncommon for people to want to have more free time. You know, forget the retirement analogy, the the buzzword right now, financial freedom. If someone gave you financial freedom right now, what would you do with it? Like, what would you do with your time what would you do with your your energy what would you be doing if you had financial freedom again we can define financial freedom in a number of ways but it's finding out what you actually want to do is is where the math starts because if you say financial freedom for you is living in like a foreign country with low cost of living that's a pretty that's a totally different equation if you want to get to a certain financial level so that you can be a philanthropist and start to give away X dollars. So there's two different math equations that can be drawn from what do you plan to do? Again, like you speak with people who are older, their priorities might lie in spending a lot of time with grandkids. So that is something that we want to have a math equation for and also change what we're doing with their finances. Same thing with younger, for younger people that you would think about like, what do you plan to do with that time? Do you plan to just have your business on autopilot? That's another way to run the math equation. So that's when we really want to dial down like, like what the biggest concerns are. like, Cause the concerns are going to also be deal, not deal breakers, the uh, tie breakers for like an emergency fund when we start talking about how money affects people what people fear you know as a financial person we can say oh you know emergency fund should be three to six months but then some people they can't sleep at night with less than 12 months some people could care less if they've got two and so that type of information in goal setting is extremely important and you should have that for yourself as well like if you're petrified of what happens the next time we have a financial downturn which as i'm recording this you know there's a lot of indicators that we're facing one soon um you know do you have your cash reserves and is that even a a top priority for you again that's what that's what the qualitative side of like how you think about money is valuable the same way you you probably walk a lot of your clients through that in the, the fitness world so again now we're circling back to once you we have a pretty clear picture on what the qualitative things are about their money, then we can start moving into the quantitative, which personally I love more. I'm a numbers guy, I'm not overly emotional, but this is where it's basically the time value of money. You know, basic basic hypothetical would be if someone says they want to have a $5 million retirement account, we know they have 30 years until they need there. And then we're just plugging into the calculators and the softwares, you know, what do you need to put away each month or each year? at a you know six percent seven percent eight percent doesn't matter you pick the hypothetical rate of return and you pick your asset class whether it's stocks crypto real estate small business doesn't matter but like then we are off to the races because we have a goal we have a duration of time we have an assumed rate of return and then we move on to the next the next goal too and like and then obviously we're tweaking along the way but i'm saying like that's that's how the goal setting gets done in financial planning we need to whittle down to the math equation but now now i want to circle back to some examples of like why why the why which is like why the big purpose actually drives the bus of decision making and this is one of the reasons that my business is set up the way it is i'll give you a quick backstory on me when i was right out of college i started a beer pong business and didn't know what i was doing. Uh, spent a lot of time focusing on, ironically, I'm not, I shouldn't say ironically, one of the reasons I do what I do now, instead of spending a lot of time on the marketing side, driving revenue and figuring out uh, how to build a business, I spent a lot of money into the tech side, which again, back when I was doing this, it wasn't as easy as it is today. But I also spent all my time trying to figure out what I was doing wrong on the the, the legal setup, the business entity, the tax side. And that's obviously what pushed me into finance. But where I'm going with that is at the time, I had a financial advisor and I had a CPA. Neither of them were of any value to my business, mostly because I didn't even know to ask them. Admittedly, the financial advisor, I, before I started working with a friend of mine against pre-myself being in finance, he was of no use to me and nor would he, would he have been because he was an He was an investment salesperson. He was giving me uh, life insurance policies and stuff I didn't need. I was probably 23 years old. But my point is I had these professionals that I thought were watching my back and they weren't. And again, he wasn't necessarily giving me bad advice. The insurance stuff was bullshit, but he wasn't giving me bad retirement advice. But I didn't need retirement advice. I need cash flow for my floundering business. And he was of zero help to me. My accountant at the time was focused on filing my taxes and he kept me tax compliant. So I can't say he did anything wrong, but he never explained to me what finan- uh, what tax planning is and how I can actually legally manipulate my tax uh, payments or tax liability, I should say. And taking ownership of that, I didn't even know to ask to be honest like I really didn't even know to say hey you're a financial advisor like what should I be doing with my business. And so that's one of the reasons like now when I help fitness people, like fitness entrepreneurs, we purposely sit on top of your entire financial picture because I emphasize like when you have a question ask me. I don't have the answer to all your questions, but we're going to triage it to the right person. Because I didn't even know to ask them and if I did, I don't think I would have gotten the answer like because my accountant was just looking at my taxes like in reverse not forward looking and my financial advisor wasn't like really wasn't looking at anything other than the income coming out of my day job no- nothing to do with what was like the income that was getting pulled into my business and basically going there to die but they weren't looking at the business and so whenever they gave me any advice whatever it was it was missing more than half of the big picture of my life. So this is why the example I'm going to give you with goal setting, why I think it's super important. Again, I'm not plugging my company. I'm talking about you as a, a business entrepreneur to make sure all the professionals in your life are talking to each other or someone's coordinating it. And that could be you. You could be coordinating it. But I'd like now, again, I work with most people that are younger than me, but I and take a lot of pride and excitement in helping them answer questions they didn't even know to ask. Cause I was that way. When I was in my early 20s, I didn't even know to ask because I was like, oh, I'm I'm in this on my own. Like I gotta figure it out. Like I didn't know that my financial advisor should have known this. And admittedly, a lot of them don't. There's a reason that you see the financial community, there's people that specialize in retirees. They specialize in business owners, they specialize in people that work for tech companies and have complicated stock options. You know, like There's a reason people hyper-focus because you can't know everything. So you were like, for instance, in, in my world, it's very advantageous and very valuable for us to know a ton about taxes because that's the biggest expense in your life as a business. So here's an example I'm gonna give you to, again, just to not go down the road too much, but I wanna emphasize as much as I can the value in someone overseeing your big picture and, and that's going to become clear in this hypothetical example um, and i'll try to flush it out afterwards so let's say someone you're, you're somebody who we, we go through the whole qualitative process and we basically find that for you money is about experiences with family Like that's very valuable to you for whatever, whatever, like maybe you didn't have that as a, as a child, maybe your parents couldn't give it to you. So a top priority for you is to be able to have meaningful, valuable vacations and experiences with your kids while they're at a certain age. So that would be your big goal. Like that's something we figured out through the goal setting process and really figuring out like where your, your happiness lies and where your real desired outcome is okay so we've established that as like expending time with family specifically while they're young so you have a again a time period into it that's the highest value for you as as an entrepreneur at this at this moment as a that's your biggest goal i should say keeping with the theme of this podcast so here's three scenarios that could play out sorry not scenarios but so the scenario is you have an extra twenty thousand dollars of business profits that you're sitting down saying, what do I do with this? You know, you've allocated everything else. Let's say the rest, you have your investment plan, your business plan, but you have an extra 20,000. You had a great December. So you could a invest that in Facebook ads to target growing your revenue. B you could put that into the stock market and grow your personal assets or C you could take a three week dream vacation to Europe, let's say with your kids and your spouse. Now, all three of those, I, like if you just look at those on the surface, there's no right or wrong answer, but here's where I would have gotten into trouble if I had asked this question in my early twenties. If I'd asked my financial advisor, I would have said, what do I do with this 20 grand? He would have said, put it into XYZ retirement accounts or brokerage accounts, whichever it would have been. It would have been under his control and he would have monetized it. And again, I'm not faulting that. I I work in that same world, so I'm not faulting anyone for getting paid for what they do. But that would have been his advice to me or to this person in this scenario. And then if I'd gone to uh, my CPA and I said, what do I do with this extra $20,000 worth of profit? Assuming he would, in my case, he wasn't working on my business. But in your case, most people, your accountant is looking at your business. And if they're not, please DM me. They, just, geez, your CPA should be looking at your business. But the CPA would most likely recommend investing in the business. That would be a tax write off. You know, what the Facebook ads, for instance, they would say, oh, if you do the Facebook ads, very likely you grow your revenue. But in t- the current year, we're going to take a $20,000 tax deduction. So, boom perfect again that's great advice for some people but choice c would be what their like financial quarterback the financial planner would be like wait you're just remember like your big goal with your money it wasn't to become mega rich per se it was while your kids are young you want to have quality experiences with them so you should take that money and you should take that dream vacation you've been talking about Like that's driving it because that's truly what you said money means to you is like doing things with your kids while they're young. Now, again, that could could be completely the opposite. Like you might be like, I want to leave my kids a legacy. And then it'll be like, okay, well, let's turn that money into grow the business or grow your personal assets because you don't care about giving your kids money when they're young. You want to leave them a gigantic legacy. So that would change things. But that's why I want to emphasize when it comes to the goal setting you want to pick through the layers of like what you're actually trying to do. Because it's really easy to just take extra profits and invest them. That's not hard. I mean, any financial person is going to have something they think is valuable of a strategy. But it's making sure you see the big picture that's truly driving the bus of why you're running your business. like The business and your personal assets should all be answering that same question. And again, like it's a podcast you can't see, but it really should roll uphill to that one or two big overarching goals, which is why, again, I see such tremendous value in working with a team of people that someone's looking at that big picture. Because one, it's going to save you time. But two, it's also going to be a fail-safe for someone calling you out on your own bullshit. When you forget about the things like you, we all do that. We get stuck in our business and we forget about why we're doing it. And I'm guilty of that. Like everyone's guilty of that. That's one of the reasons that most of us listening, you are a coach and you have coaches because we need that. Like we, you it's very easy to lose sight of it. So I hope this has been helpful again. Like everyone knows for the most part, like what is a goal, but I wanted to, 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 Bring in those qualitative aspects to it with money that you probably are doing subconsciously with your clients in the fitness world and may not have thought about those questions to ask yourself in when it comes to money, like in the money world. So, the next episodes are going to continue this series. I guess it'll end up being a six part series, five steps plus the intro last week. So, the next series will be analyzing your current situation. So we'll, we'll dive into that. But uh, just a, a brief commercial for what we do here at Darby Business Advisors. Obviously, we help fitness entrepreneurs save on taxes and grow their money through these financial planning tools, both inside and outside of the business we dive in. But that's exactly, again, we've talked about before. We oversee all their finances, personal and business, the service tiers that we offer. Uh, we do a boot camp for the businesses. So if you're fairly new and starting up and just want the basics of getting your bank account set up properly so the cash flows properly, quote unquote, properly from sales all the way down to your personal assets, your salary, your, your saving for taxes, QuickBooks, if you're at the point where you need to set up payroll, we do everything for you as a startup. That way you're not in any obligation to continue working with us on an ongoing basis. We also have our program that's business-focused, which is the FitPro CFO. And that's exactly what it sounds like. We come in as your business CFO, essentially like rental CFO. And it's all about tax strategy, business strategy, optimizing your profits and cash flows. So you truly know your numbers. Whenever you need to make a decision, we can run the numbers however you need to make the decision from a strategic perspective. You're not guessing. You know, we can run forecasts on all of that. And then on the personal side, because we want to make this a la carte to what you really need in your life. And we're also not stepping on the toes of the professionals you've already got relationships with the personal financial side, which is, again, everything that we talked about last week, this week, and for the next four weeks, which is everything from the personal financial planning standpoint. And so you can have all of those combined or one or the other. It's totally up to you. But that's what we do for fitness entrepreneurs and again this process for us is, is all ongoing all year round as i'm recording this all the invitations went out for june so we're kind of start looking at everybody's insurance policies state plans and all this stuff that people really don't love because it's dealing with all the events that we pray never happen but uh, we'll, we'll we'll dive into that more in step three which is risk planning so you'll, you'll know exactly what we're talking about by the time that airs it'll probably be when clients are sitting down to, to do this stuff. But as always, if I hope this has been a, a valuable podcast, uh, please share it with any friends. If, if the, you brought val- this brought value to you and you feel it could help one of your other friends that, that might be struggling with goal setting. So I hope everyone has a great day. Bye now. Thank you for joining us this week on building your wealth muscle. Make sure you visit our website, darbyba.com, where you can subscribe to the show in iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. While you're at it, if you found value, we'd appreciate a ratings on iTunes, or simply tell a friend about the show. That would help us as well. For more information on the topics covered, you can follow Pat on Instagram, at patdarbybiz. The download from this episode is available in the show notes. And if you want help building your wealth specifically, Pat Darby is currently taking private clients. The link to book a call is also in the show notes. Thank you again for listening and have a great day.